The reading is on page 271 of the Pew Bibles. It is taken from uh, 1 Samuel, begin to read at verse 1 of the first chapter. There was a certain man from Rephimathaim, a Zophite, from the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, son of Jeraham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuf, an Ephraimite. He had two wives. One was called Hannah and the other Pinanah. Pinanah had children, but Hannah had none. Year after year, this man went up from his town to worship and sacrifice to the Lord Almighty at Shiloh, where Hophni and Phinehas, the two sons of Eli, were priests of the Lord. Whenever the day came for Elkanah to sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to his wife Peninnah and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah he gave a double portion, because he loved her, and the Lord had closed her womb. And because the Lord had closed her womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her, till she wept and would not eat. Elkanah, her husband, would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than ten sons? Once, when they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now, Eli, the priest, was sitting on a chair by the doorpost of the Lord's temple. In bitterness of soul, Hannah wept much and prayed to the Lord, and she made a vow, saying, O Lord Almighty, if you will only look upon your servant's misery and remember me, and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life, and no razor will ever be used on his head. As she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart, and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk, and said to her, How long will you keep on getting drunk? Get rid of your wine. Not so, my lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. Eli answered, Go in peace, and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. She said, May your servant find favour in your eyes. Then she went her way and ate something, and her face was no longer downcast. Early the next morning they arose and worshipped before the Lord, and then went back to their home at Ramah. Elkanah lay with Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. So in the course of time, Hannah conceived and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, saying, Because I asked the Lord for him. When the man Elkanah went up with all his family to offer the annual sacrifice to the Lord and to fulfill his vow, Hannah did not go. She said to her husband, After the boy is weaned, I will take him and present him before the Lord, and he will live there always. Do what seems best to you, Elkanah husband told her. Stay here until you have weaned him, only may the Lord make good his word. So the woman stayed at home and nursed her son until she had weaned him. 
After he was weaned, he took, she took the boy with her, young as he was, along with a three-year-old bull, an ephah of flour and a skin of wine, and brought him to the house of the Lord at Shiloh. When they had slaughtered the bull, they brought the boy to Eli, and she said to him, As surely as you live, my Lord, I am the woman who stood here beside you, praying to the Lord. I prayed for this child, and the Lord has granted me what I asked of him. So now I give him to the Lord. For his whole life he shall be given over to the Lord. And he worshipped the Lord there. Then Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoices in the Lord. In my Lord my horn is lifted high. My mouth boasts over my enemies, for I delight in your deliverance. There is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. Do not keep talking so proudly or let your mouth speak with such arrogance. For the Lord is a God who knows, and by him deeds are weighed. The bows of the warriors are broken, but those who stumbled are armed with strength. Those who were full hire themselves out for food, but those who were hungry hunger no more. She who was barren has borne seven children, but she who has had many sons pines away. The Lord brings death and makes alive. He brings down to the grave and raises up. The Lord sends poverty and wealth. He humbles and he exalts. He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap. He seats them with princes and has them inherit a throne of honour. For the foundations of the earth are the Lord's. Upon them he has set the world. He will guard the feet of his saints, but the wicked will be silenced in darkness. It is not by strength that one prevails. Those who oppose the Lord will be shattered. He will thunder against them from heaven. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. Then Elkanah went home with Teramah, but the boy ministered before the Lord under Eli the priest. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Uh, so I did. Uh, I was going to start by asking um, what superhero films people might have been watching over the Christmas period, but when I had a look on the TV listings, I could only find one superhero film. So. I thought that uh, kind of caught me out a little bit there, and that was a Spider-Man. But if you could be a superhero, what superpower would you like to have? Would you like to be like Spider-Man and be able to do all that zipping around on webs and fighting people and clinging to ceilings? Makes it easier to get the cobwebs. We could do with Spider-Man in here, probably. Or would you want to be like Superman and fly... Or like the Incredible Hulk and have huge amount of strength. What would your superpower be? What would I choose? Well, I think I would choose a superpower that you don't actually see very often in the movies. It's the superpower of reversal. If somebody was hurt, you could reverse the hurt and make them better again. If something went wrong... You could reverse it and make it right. And best of all, perhaps, if somebody had died, you could reverse that and bring them back to life. 
Now that would be an amazing superpower. But like all other superpowers, it's just a fantasy, isn't it? In this story, Hannah doesn't have any superpowers. But she does have something that is really powerful. And that's prayer. She turns to her God in prayer and he, her God, is able to reverse her situation. He sees her, an ordinary woman, with a desperate need. Here is a God who can reverse hurts, right wrongs, and even bring the dead back to life. So I'm going to be looking at this passage under three headings. Israel's desperate situation, Hannah's desperate prayer, and God's desperate but amazing answer. So you might want to follow. Israel's desperate situation. First, I want to talk about a nation which is struggling with poor and weak leaders and is gradually moving further and further away from God. And I'm not talking about the United Kingdom. Let's look at what's happening in the nation of Israel when Hannah was alive. It's a nation that's been following God but has lost its way and it's in a huge mess. And this is the nation that Hannah's story is set in. If you read your Bibles, you will see that 1 Samuel is set just before the book of Ruth, which comes just after the book of Judges. Judges is the background to Hannah's story. It's full of stories of heroes, the names of some which are well known to us, Samson and Gideon among them. And that sounds great, doesn't it? Israel has these heroes popping up and helping out, fighting its cause. But it's not great at all. Israel, as a nation, is in a desperate situation. They have turned their backs on God who rescued them from Egypt. They have failed to do as he commanded and secure the promised land. The nations surrounding them continually harass and attack them. They have weak leadership, no king, and the priests aren't leading the people in God's ways. They have not learned from past mistakes. It is said that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And that is the story of Judges. Israel is not following God. The nation is attacked. God sends a hero to save them. There's a short period of improvement. And then it starts all over again. The heroes and judges come and go. There are about 12 heroes in all, but the nation just doesn't learn. Human heroes are all very well, but they come and go. They don't answer and can't deal with the underlying problem. Judges chapter 21, verse 25, the very last verse in Judges says, In those days, Israel had no king. Everyone did as they saw fit. Everyone did as they saw fit, which means they aren't listening to or following God. They are living in darkness and on a downward spiral. And it's all very depressing. And it's into this situation that we find Hannah and her story. The book of Judges teaches us that people need 
a king and a saviour, and that human heroes are not up to the task. Fortunately, for the people of Israel, there are still a few people who look to the Lord their God for help. Hannah's desperate prayer. Now, there's a real interest, isn't there, in people with superheroes. You've got the comic books, you've got all the films which are based on the comic books. It doesn't have to be superheroes. There's a, there's a kind of a storyline in which a man comes along at a critical time and puts everything right. I'm thinking the sort of equaliser, Jack Reacher type story. And there's even a kind of story, um, it's a kind of a hero story, in which someone like Mary Poppins comes along, a woman, and puts the sorts of family out. It's all the same storyline. Someone with some kind of superpower and extra power comes in and puts everything right. In this story, Hannah has no superpower of her own. She's just an ordinary woman. In fact, when we first meet her, she feels powerless. Married to a man with two wives, she is the childless wife. And the other wife, who has many children, knows how to rub it in. Unsurprisingly, Hannah is depressed and desperate. She feels trapped in her situation with no way out. And in her desperation, Hannah does something very ordinary but really special. She does something that any of us here can do when we feel desperate. She turns to God in prayer. She doesn't look for a hero. She looks for a saviour. She takes her heartfelt need to the one who can help her. In 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 10, in her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. She recognises that only God can answer her need. In verse 11, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me, and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor will be used on his head. She's even willing to give back to God the blessing that she is looking for. Give me a son and I will make sure he is dedicated to your work. Almost a kind of living sacrifice. Samuel, her son, will be God's man all his life. But let's be careful at this point to remember that God is not a vending machine. We don't put prayers in at the top and he sends his blessings out at the bottom. This passage doesn't promise that we will get exactly what we ask for from God. God answers prayers his way, not ours. What it does say is that we can and should go to him with our desperate prayers. He answers Hannah's prayer through the ordinary activities of life, verses 19 and 20. Elkanah made love to his wife Hannah and the Lord remembered her. So in the course of time, Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. And she named him Samuel, because, saying, because I asked the Lord for him. Hannah keeps her promise to God and takes Samuel to the house of the Lord. Samuel grows up in the service of Eli the priest. God has done some, something greater than just answering Hannah's prayer. He has begun a process of reversal for the people of Israel and indeed the whole world. Hannah is an insignificant person with no special powers, but she is being used by God in his amazing story of salvation.
As humans, we often look for answers to our problems. We may look to our political leaders. I'm listening for the hollow laughter there. Thank you. Uh, we may look, uh, we may try self-help, the internet, friends and family. And there may be answers in some of these places. But as Christians, we should not neglect to look in the one place in the Bible that the Bible tells us to go to again and again. And that is the Lord our God, our Heavenly Father. Your Heavenly Father wants you to go to him and take your life's concerns and worries to him. He is waiting to hear from his people. Whatever desperate situation you find yourself in, take it to the Lord in prayer. God's desperate and amazing answer. Now, some of you know I ride a bike, and my bike has about probably about 20 gears, but when I'm riding, it's really only got two gears, forwards and stop. Sometimes that's just forwards and fall off, actually. I never found reverse gear on my bike. And uh, I can tell you it's not a good idea to ride a bike in reverse. But God has an amazing number of reverse gears. Listen to Hannah's song of praise and see if you can spot the number of reversals that God makes. Chapter 2, verse 1. My mouth, this is Hannah uh, praising God, my mouth boasts over my enemies, for I delight in your deliverance. Hannah has now got something over her enemies. God has done something very special for her. She now has a son. Verse 4, the bows of the warriors are broken, but those who stumbled are armed with strength. The strong are made weak, and the weak become strong. Verse 5, those who were full, were full hire themselves out for food. But those who were hungry are hungry no more. The hungry are filled. Verse 7, the Lord sends poverty and wealth. He humbles and he exalts. The poor are looked after and the proud are humbled. Verse 8, he raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap. He seats them with princes. The poor and downtrodden are lifted up. That's five reversals. God has used Hannah and her son Samuel to start an amazing series of reversals. Samuel isn't a priest or a king. He has no superpowers, but he is used by God as an agent of reversal. As a prophet, he is greatly used to change the direction of Israel. God instructs Samuel to introduce the first king of Israel. The results that results in a more stable leadership and ultimately in King David, the best king Israel ever had. David is also used to point people back to God. This begins the process of putting God back at the centre of the nation. They say that the human brain is very good at recognising patterns. Our brains instinctively hone in on patterns. And this occurs in all sorts of areas of life, like music and language comedy and advertising. Can you see the pattern set by this story of the birth of Samuel? A desperate situation, a woman, a baby, a reversal and a king. Israel is struggling as a nation. Hannah is struggling with her situation. A baby appears and eventually a king. Fast forward several hundred years. Israel is under Roman occupation 
Mary, an unmarried mother, is in a perilous situation. In 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 10, the writer hints at what is to come for the future of Israel. He says, he will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. Mary is waiting to give birth to her firstborn son, a son who will eventually be the greatest prophet, priest and king the world has ever seen. God has still to do the most amazing reversal of all. In Samuel chapter 2 verse 6 it says, The Lord brings death and makes alive. He brings down to the grave and raises up. Jesus, God's only son, dies and is raised to life. Death itself is broken. A saviour who is God and man. A saviour who is able to put right the wrongs of this world. Not for a generation, but for all time. One who deals with the underlying cause of our failures, sin. A saviour who opens the way to God, to all people, for all time. Now, that's some kind of reversal. That's what Jesus does for you and me. It's what we celebrate him for at Christmas, the greatest rescue mission of all time. And you don't have to be desperate to get to know him. The way is now open for everyone to come and know the one who was born in Bethlehem. Whatever 2024 holds for you, look to God for the answer. Hannah was an ordinary woman. Samuel was an ordinary man. And both were used in, by God in his great plan for this world. We may not have any superpowers, but we can take our prayers to our Heavenly Father who has limitless power. He longs for you to come to him so that he can, so that you can be part of his great reversal plan for this world. Amen. Oh,